Ladies, ladies, welcome. Ladies, ladies, welcome to yet another episode of Athena Spanks. How'd you like that? Was that good? It's me, Sydney. I'm here alone just trying to do this intro and I am acting a damn fool. I've had like three cups of coffee. I'm on one. I'm excited. I'm editing this podcast and I'm just having such a great time because today's guest is such a badass. All right, y'all. Her name is Savannah Hill. Savannah freaking Hill. She's from Franklin, Tennessee mine and Lucy's hometown, and she now lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where she is a strength and mobility coach at Hotbox Nashville, which, side note, if you're from Nashville and you haven't heard of Hotbox, please, for the love of goddess, look them up, okay? If you're looking for a gym to go to, I could not say enough good things about them. They do kickbox, they do strength, and honestly, the vibes are impeccable. They're just impeccable. Loud music, lots of encouragement, lots of room for understanding, lots of room for growth, lots of room for feeling your best fit self. So anyway, back to Savannah. Freaking love this kid. Uh, We kind of grew up together. She was a year older than me. We went to elementary and middle school together. So I never really knew her. I just always looked up to her because she was always such a tomboy, just like myself. And I always thought that was so cool. And actually, like, we have a little bit of, like, a love fest on the podcast where I'm like, Savannah, like, I was, like, nervous to talk to you today because um, I always thought you were so cool. And she was like, wait, no, I always thought you were such a badass. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking that shit to my grave. Seriously. I'm taking it to my grave. I'm putting it on my tombstone. Here lies Sydney Eddie. Savannah Hill once told her she was a badass. It's a full thing. As you can see, I love this woman. I think she's great. I love her even more now that I've had the chance to actually sit down and talk with her. She has incredible inspiration perspective on so many things. She's a very introspective person. And honestly, she just talks to us about her entire journey to becoming the goddess she is today and how that journey just continues to unfold and how she continues to just listen to herself, to her inner voice and to her body to find where she needs to go next in life and how she's going to get there. And it's super inspiring. It's super badass. I'm so, so happy that she graced us with her presence. So without further ado, Savannah Hill, aka Sav Fit Nash on Instagram. Yes, that is your cue to go and follow her. Get those get those followers flowing on her gram and enjoy the episode. All right. I'm officially done talking now. Two and a half minutes later. Thank you so much. Bye. Welcome to yet another episode of Athena Speaks, the podcast where we break down societal barriers that tell us just exactly how to be women and instead empower and encourage one another to be the confident, self-assuring, badass goddesses that we already know we are. also had like the envy like the en capital v and she would get mad and she'd be like and slam that that thing shut yeah like the t-mobile side yes, kick. and those things were like indestructible it was like toenail polish mm-hmm. like it just lived on forever mm-hmm. and i don't know how yep or why you can't bring that same technology to 2021 help us yeah bring it yeah no they actually do that on purpose i think they make it more fragile so you have to keep buying phone that's why i or uh apple does the update things they're like update your phone and then you update it and there's like all these glitchy things happening and you take it in and they're like oh did you update it yes i updated it what's wrong with it they're like oh well how long have you had this phone and you're like six Mm. months and they're like oh yeah it's time for a new one (laughs) (laughs) it's about to crash it's about to crash so i have to get the iphone 3000 or whatever number we're on isn't that like a life metaphor you guys know you like keep upgrading they're like oh i'm sorry did you just mm, you're at this level of adulting okay well you're gonna have to i don't know. level up bitch <laughs> level up. you're gonna have to give your firstborn child and all of the blood in your body to be able to pay for and continue thanks very much okay yeah you want to pay rent yeah you can sever your arm and <laughs> exchange that yes you can for start running water we will take all of your organs in exchange for one month of rent thank you very much <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, though, honestly, should we dive in? I know. I could. Do I this thought we already. I, could, I know. <laughs> I know. I could do this all, I day. Do this all day. I could do this all day. <laughs> but I. But I want to make sure that everyone knows who we're talking to today. Cool. Cool. Um. So we're talking to Savannah Hill, who now goes by Sav, but I will only ever know her as Savannah Hill. Like not <laughs> Savannah, not Sav, not Sav Hill. Savannah Hill. Like yeah. it's a it's a one that name kind of thing for it for yeah. me. You know, how, like people like you can't 
you can't just say their first name. You have to say their first and last name. I'm trying to think if I have friends that 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 falls. I'm trying to think if I have anyone. Rick that James. Falls. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> no, but for me, it's Savannah Hill constantly and always. And also we have um, I of somebody, but I can't say it. It's our friend from soccer that likes to listen to Natasha Bedingfield. Oh yes, oh. we can say it. Leah Lovin. Leah Lovin. Yeah. Okay. Leah Lovin. Okay. Yeah. That's that's who it is. Yeah. That's Not Leah. Um, and then we also have another special, you know, producer guest with us today. Uh, Lucy's Lucy's cousin Ty. He's here to help us. He's he's a Gen Z, so he knows how to like work the TikTok. The tic tac yik yak. He's like gone viral on TikTok. Casual. Way. He's casually gone viral on TikTok. Um, we haven't. Uh, I, so I don't even have TikTok. Yeah, he's. Here. I'm trying to keep up with Instagram still. Yeah, he's here to help us today. Well, you're doing great on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of followers. <laughs> I don't know. Don't how even that get happens. it twisted. Don't even get it twisted. <laughs> I've never made a reel though. Yeah, but you know, uh, I, I don't like TikTok I don't and reels are really like. I don't think I know how. I Sometimes either. I'll post like the most like basic thing on my story and my boyfriend Andrew's like, wait, 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 how did you do that? <laughs> he's like, I don't even know how to, he's like, I, I didn't even know the story feature existed. He's like, what do I do? What That's, do I do? Yeah. Like I remember when stories first came out and I said the same thing, which is why I know it's inevitable that I will probably get a TikTok and learn it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I, I'll have, I don't know. But when stories first were a thing, I said out loud to a lot of people like huh, i'm not gonna do that i can hardly keep up and here we are and that's here i live are. in my stories because they go away and i can say whatever and it's gonna go away it's well like, kiss your not. free time goodbye if you get a tiktok because okay. it's like a tie it's like a black hole just... kiss your screen time goodbye <laughs> your battery life your screen time it's over like you go into a black hole but i will say that social media is probably really great for what you do for mm -hmm. a living mm -hmm. so can you can be. yeah can you get into what you sure do? um i am a personal trainer and fitness coach um i work at a gym called hot box and sid actually <laughs> goes there and um i got my start like say six or seven years ago yeah about that and um instagram how that plays in i think i got really into it a few years ago and i've kind of since just kind of found a good balance with it i guess i don't make money off of instagram or anything i know a lot of people do that um i think someone else labeled me an influencer one time and i actually got the followers that i got uh from a challenge uh of jumping into a pair of pants it was this thing going around a viral challenge where people are jumping from high areas into a pair of pants or jumping like you have to jump high enough to get into them and land inside the pants with them on. And so we were at Hotbox at the old location and a friend of mine challenged me to it and we did it and it was funny and whatever I was doing afterwards was funny to people and that went viral. And <clears throat> so not viral, but. I got more followers after that. And I started doing more challenges after that, just fitness challenges that are, some of them could be functional, I guess, and serve a purpose. Some of them not at all. They're just like party tricks. That's amazing. Well, let me just say that I will not be participating in the current well, challenge I stopped. of crate walking. <laughs> How Have long you seen can you that? really go on doing that though? You know? No. Have you seen the I've crate walking? I've seen glimpses of it. What is it? Okay, these people literally stack crates, like plastic crates and milk crates, milk crates, milk crates, and right. they walk up them and see how high they can go. And then people have been like slicing their faces open. <gasps> no, they like tear their ACLs. Like, oh my God. It's like, like, yeah, you know, like the, the, the plastic, like think about like elementary school when they would bring all of our like little milks in, like on those like yeah. plastic, like purity crates. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you're like talking they about. They stack them up. You know what I'm talking about? They're made of plastic. Little milks. That's yeah. The little milks, the little milks. And they stack those babies up. And it's like a challenge of like how high you can like get on these milk crates. That's not a fitness challenge though. No, that's it's just, just a, a, let's see what let's, let's see. It's like survival of the fittest here. <laughs> it's Darwinism at its finest. Yeah, Just see how high you can get. It's on like plastic. the people who are like eating glue to like, um, to, to counteract COVID. Oh that? no. Or that's the cinnamon challenge. You remember that one? Like, I did no point it to like it, but an it's idiot. Funny. It's not funny. It's horrible. It, like ruins your life. I've done that like an idiot. And people wear heels on the crates. That's also an added spin. 
Yeah. Have you ever done like a box jump and you've missed the box and you've like shredded your shins? Yes. Have you, has that happened to you? Here's my scar. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I picture the crate challenge being. And I just can't do it. Yeah. But it's like not even cool to watch. Like if somebody successfully does it, it's like awesome. Congratulations. Like, no, you're, you're nothing... waiting for the fall. You're watching for the fall. Yeah. That's really what you're watching for. Um, why wouldn't anyone volunteer? Mm, I'm not going to get into it. I don't know. I don't know. It freaks me out. And the thought of tearing up my shin really like that gives me like, yeah, it like really makes me feel ill inside. We're tearing an ACL. Yeah. No, I don't. Jeez. Ugh, man. No, I, I played soccer for 23 years. If I tore my ACL now walking on milk crates, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I can <laughs> like, imagine. Are you kidding me? Like 23 years of like playing a sport that like you're bound to tear your ACL and then you tear it on a milk crate. <laughs> That's why I always tell people like they put it in textbooks, like injury prevention with XYZ mm -hmm. in like fitness textbooks. There's no such thing. There's no you such cannot thing. prevent. I mean, you can get really, really strong, but if you walk out into the middle of the street, it doesn't you're, matter how yeah, strong you you're are. You're going to get hit by a car. Yeah. You're going to die. Um, Savannah, can you kind of talk about like your, your background, like growing up? Sure. You grew up in Franklin. Mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. That's how we know each other. Yes. Franklin homies. Yes. For life. Yes. Um, talk about that. Talk about like your time growing up in Franklin in the Nashville area, family life, whatever. Yeah, you know, for your, sure. Your, your beginning of your life. Okay. Release um, your inhibitions. In the words of <laughs> Natasha, we quoted her. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, cool. Um, my childhood growing up, I, I'm a lucky kid. I I'm privileged and, uh, I went to middle school with Sydney and, um, elementary school too. Uh, Harpeth Academy. Were you there when it was Harpeth Academy? before it was battleground academy anyway franklin um which has grown a lot since then but i grew up in a music family and fitness was never really like a highlight in my life or sports wasn't like a huge huge thing i played sports and i played little league baseball actually when i was seven and i loved it and i tried to play uh softball through middle school but most of my life was music and playing guitar and um, which she's really good at Oh, thank you. Um, I'm so jealous you have more than one talent besides being like a meathead, essentially. <laughs> I have nothing else to offer. Like I can like sweat really well. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. But no, continue. I think everybody has like hidden talents. Um, That's so you know. Thank you. I don't know what mine is yet. Maybe it's crate walking. Look out. Oh, man. Watch out. We'll go find all the milk crates in Nashville for you. Um, yeah. So I, I played a lot of instruments just because my whole family was in music. My dad's a songwriter in town he still is in the business um he's been successful at that and my parents met playing music and all that so my sister does it the only person in my family that didn't pursue music was my brother um and he's a super smart kid but i went most of my life all through high school uh with the dream of playing music for a living and i did that um and i got some pretty cool gigs and a lot of stuff was in nashville playing some country music i really liked playing like rock and all kinds of stuff and then didn't have the best grades in high school, but I was lucky to get a scholarship to go to Berkeley. And I went to Berkeley College of Music for college and had a good experience, but also a really hard experience. Um, I say good because I learned a lot from it and I'm grateful to have like learned what I learned there. But essentially it was a lot of life hitting me in the face fresh out of high school and I wasn't prepared for it. So um, getting into fitness happened after... Um, getting out of an eating disorder that I developed in college. And, um, it's not quite part of my childhood, but that is a huge part of my story and why that kind of was the pinnacle of getting into fitness because there was a lot of pressure going into college. There was a lot of pressure coming out of high school with a lot of people believing in me, which I'm, you know, super grateful for. My whole family was very supportive of me always, whatever I wanted to do. And it was music and um got to college and it was just start your career now was kind of how it felt like everyone was in bands around me they had like their press kits they had everything ready to go they were starting to tour already they were like it was just all happening for these people as soon as i got there and i thought i was going to school and it is a school but there's a lot of like you know music business stuff going on already so i just wasn't prepared and i started exercising because i initially gained a lot of weight my freshman year I just partied a lot 
And I mean, the truth that we all, that's all we do. Yeah. Like I wanted to have the college experience. Exactly. But it was a different kind of school at Berkeley. It wasn't that kind of a school. So it was and it wasn't. But I went a little hard in the paint and then I just gained a lot of weight and I was really depressed and really just not happy with where I was in my life and where I was going. Wasn't sure if I wanted to play music. And then I went home and my parents helped me out a lot. And then when I came back, I was like, there was that little space in between being overweight and underweight where I was actually healthy and I was doing really well and people were encouraging me and they were like, you should start talking about this more because you're really inspiring other people. And so I was like, this is awesome. And I was motivated to do that, but I went too far and I got an eating disorder and I was over exercising because what I've come to the conclusion with now is that I had no control over what was happening at school and what I thought I was supposed to do for a living. Cause I felt like everyone wanted me to do it at that point. And there's no going back now. This is your whole life. And so I could control what I was doing in the gym and I could control my body and I could control what I was eating. And I thought I was really good at it. And then I got too good at it, the discipline part and then came home and I had to get help for that. And, um, I started going to MTSU because I wanted to be home closer to home. And it was also really expensive to live in Boston. Um, and so I tried to finish my degree. I almost went on tour to Europe. So I dropped out of MTSU and then I got fired, uh, because they wanted, uh, to put a guy back in the place of the lead guitar versus me. And I, I, you know, checked all the boxes, but yeah. I wasn't the right fit. fit right. Yeah. So, okay. That was a lot. That's a, a lot. Little. I That's do, a lot. I do kind of want to touch base about, we just recently talked about our previous episode was about burning out and was about feeling inadequate in our previous, previous episode in our imposter syndrome. And the question for you is this, Sydney and I talk a lot about when you go to college, you're essentially going through like your puberty twice because you're finding out who you are. And we talk constantly about the fact that like, no, you're not equipped to live on your own so quickly and to basically be like submerged in the water. Mm -hmm. You're like, literally you've been like playing in the shallow end. You get out and like dry off. Everyone like reapplies sunscreen. But when you go to college, you're literally just like shoved in the deep end. Here's Mm -hmm. like a pool noodle. And there's like, current all this stuff anyway absolutely i'd love for you to give a, if you if again full comfort but cu- can you talk about the the time that you realized that this wasn't good for me that this was i'm moving into a dark place before you moved into your fitness place like the beginning mm-hmm. that caused you to kind of reevaluate and come home and say you know what like it's time for me to start doing things for myself mm-hmm. and not feel the pressure to constantly please those around me because yeah. I feel like that's something that I can relate to. You could, I feel like everyone relates to something like that. When you leave, you want to please the people that took care of you your whole life. Right, yeah. But you also have to find out who you are. And Absolutely. it's separate from that. It's really hard to like reach that, that point in life. I think especially as a woman. Um, because yeah, people pleasing is such a thing, you know, especially in women. Especially um, when you have this like, huge opportunity in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I, and Lucy and I have also talked about this where a lot of times for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's just ingrained in us as women, but for a lot, like a lot of times we're just so happy to be here Mm -hmm. and we're like, we have this opportunity. I'm just so happy to be here. And like, if it means that I'm unhappy, then I guess I'm going to be unhappy because I have this really awesome opportunity. So I need to like embrace it. Yeah. I mean, God, you hit the nail on the head because it, totally worked that way for me. Like I, I was like, my parents put me through college. They helped me pay for everything music wise growing up. And they, you hear the opposite that parents are like, no, don't play music, get a real job. But my parents supported my dreams and it was my dream. Um, it was never forced upon me. Um, so going into college and that was another thing, like I didn't do well in high school cause I played around in high school and I, you know, was a teenager that was rebellious and all that. Um, so I was lucky to be able to go to this prestigious school for music. So the thought of leaving and stopping what I was doing was just not even a question in my mind. And freshman year was probably the most fun year because I was partying and I was like, yeah, this is college. But then 
you know, as I'm going on, I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for this. Like, I'm not ready to live real life in the music business. I felt inferior and they're like, it felt like a lot of people around me had these giant egos. And I was like, is it ego or is it confidence? I don't know. And I even tried to adopt that ego, but I lost a lot of friends in the process of that. So I was like, nope, can't do that. Um, and then eventually the eating disorder all started happening. That happened really fast. Actually, it happened like my sophomore year of college. Yeah. My sophomore year of college. No. Yeah. Around that time. Um, but it was like a six month process, a six month period of time where my body weight like plummeted. Wow. I thought I was healthy. I thought I was doing what was right. And I was taking care of myself. I just went overboard and it was a control issue. It was like, this is the only thing I have control over right now. Right. And so when I, my mom came to visit and that's when we started talking about like, she was trying really hard to be gentle about it. Mm -hmm. And I thank my mom for that because it's really hard to tell somebody who's sick like that, but doesn't know they're sick. Right. Like that they're sick. <laughs> right. No, so, I mean, because it's in, and I, I don't have experience with this particular issue, but my sisters are recovering addict mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and eating disorders. It's, it's very similar. very similar. The recovery process is very similar. Yes. And so I'm sure that when you're in the midst of it, it's very similar to like looking at a drug addict and saying you have a problem. Yes. Immediately the drug addict is going to like get up, run away, right. like grab their pills, get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a very similar process. Like you have to be gentle. You can't be like accusing this person of anything. And so, yeah, yeah, I also would commend your mom for that because that's a, that's a hard conversation to have because I've had that similar conversation with my sister and it sucks. Yeah. And I had friends in and college. And I know it sucked for her too, were, yeah. which I know that it sucked for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't even know, but I had friends that were trying to, to kind of like ease into it too. And I think I started to know I had a problem near the end of that year of college and my mom she was actually, she played it really, really cool because she knew I was into the health and fitness stuff. And remember there was a period of time where I actually was healthy and right. I was at a good weight and people were telling me you need to share this. So when I started thinking about like, maybe I'm doing something wrong and I was still sharing things and I was sharing like eating disordered coming from that place. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, this is what I'm eating. And I was posting things on in Instagram that were like, it was not food. It was, <laughs> it was just, and I went back and deleted all of that later once I figured it out, but I had to come home for like a Christmas or holiday break. I can't remember which one it was. I feel like it was summertime, but my mom was like, Hey, I know that you're really into this. Why don't we go see a nutritionist and she can like help you out with a meal plan. Shout out to all the moms. Dude, we cannot get enough of that. That was the best way to do it because yeah. we got there and I was like, okay, that that's something I could probably, that would help me and, and continue on my fitness journey. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So we go to this nutritionist, um, and I can, I can say her name. Like if, if I yes. mean, she did a lot of good for me. Her name is Catherine Fowler. And, um, she, again, said all the right things that were gentle. And, um, but she did tell me the words, when I heard the words anorexia nervosa, I was like right. blown away. Right. I wasn't even in denial. I was just like, what? It's that, that bad? You guys think I'm that? No, that cannot right. be a thing. Right. And I, because it was, it happened so quickly and that's the thing about eating disorders is some people have been struggling with it for years and they have no idea what they're struggling with. And then when they hear it for the first time, it's so much harder to come out of that because you've been living your life that way. So for me to have had it for, for such a short period of time, I was able to not necessarily be in denial, but I was like, what do I need to do to not have this be a part of my identity? And I wanted to shove that part of my identity literally away. And it took me a few years after that to actually accept this is part of your journey. And this is like what other women can relate to. But for a while, I stayed the hell away from fitness because I, I you know, it wasn't healthy for me at that time and I needed to recover. And so I was in recovery for a few months. And then finally, that same nutritionist was like, okay, I think that you are now ready to introduce exercise back into your life, but you need to go at it at a much healthier. So is there something that you want to try that you haven't tried before? And that was kickboxing. That's dope. I also think about the fact that like the industry that you moved into, the music industry, 
has such unrealistic expectations for what a woman looks like. Absolutely. Um, but I do feel like it's something that the external pressures, and you mentioned that you were super huge, big on like social media mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and that in itself adds even more pressure. And I, I'm not going to say that men don't experience this, but I know women especially experience this where we get onto social media and we see the things that we should be, or that this woman is succeeding, or man, I want to be like her, or man, this girl got famous off of this talent and this is what she looks like. And it all is this just facade of who you should be yeah. when you really have to listen to your own voice, shout out yeah. Moana, um, to find your way in that. And I think it's really, really cool. And I also think it's cool that you came back to something that essentially was toxic for you, which is exercise. Mm -hmm. And you came back after you acknowledged and then it became like, honestly, it sounds like you're healing. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear more about that. Well, or we'd love to hear more about that. It wasn't a punishment anymore because for me, initially, it was like, you're overweight. You need to lose weight. So you have to. And didn't really like connect with my body in any kind of special way. But then when I came out of recovery, it was all about like, you need to honor and listen to your body because your body is doing so much for you just to survive. And like, you've kind of been really, you've been beating it up. So, um, and it, it wasn't even like a, I need to be skinny thing. It was, I think it was a control thing. Right. So, and then, and then the fact that like I had just been fired, um, with that being like the, the very end of the eating disorder thing, I had just been fired for being a female right. and not fitting apart. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like mm -hmm. I said all the right things. I played all the right notes. Like, and I, like, it just didn't seem fair. And it like, I didn't want to turn around and be bitter and jaded about the music industry. Cause I know people like that and it's not a great way to be, but I was like, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to live my life constantly waiting for someone else to decide when I get paid and, oh, we might have you back for the next tour, maybe. And there's always a chance that someone can replace you. And it was just like, that was for me playing guitar, but coming into fitness the right way and getting into kickboxing and like with my goals being, I just want to be healthy again. I don't want to be so, because when I was underweight, I was so depressed. I, you think being overweight is depressing because I was both and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but for me personally, being anorexic, I was the worst person alive. <laughs> like I was a terrible person. I'm sure there's also a lot of anxiety that comes with that. Absolutely. Not just anxiety in trying to have control over your own body, but I mean, I know that if I don't drink enough water during the day, I feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Like if, if your body's not fueled with the right things, like that is like going to lead to right. mental health issues as yeah. well. Um, Lucy and I talk a lot about therapy, mm -hmm. like constantly talk about therapy Love it. and it kind of sounds like your nutritionist was almost like a therapist for you. Yeah. And I kind of want to hear a little bit about that because I think it's so important to have like a tribe mm -hmm. and it sounded like your nutritionist and your mom were really there for you those times. And also if you're, if you're comfortable, did you have a therapist in that time? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had all the therapists. Um, you can't do it without help. Nobody does life alone. And when I had my eating disorder, I completely isolated myself from everyone because you do that when you're trying to control everything. Like you don't go to parties anymore. You don't drink anymore. And I'm not saying drink, but like don't not drink for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, my social life was out the window and thank God for the mom that I had. But like, I think there was always a part of me that knew something wasn't right because I was just depressed and there were other bad things that happened during that period of time. But if I did not have those people and it does take a village, I think for every person, um, doesn't matter like how far down the line you are with whatever's going on. Um, I think everyone could benefit from therapy, whether you okay. have an eating disorder or not, whether you have yeah. an illness or anything or not. You, know, you don't even have to have any like no. Lucy and I have 
anxiety mm-hmm. and for me a little bit of depression i think a lot of people and a lot of people do but even if i didn't i still would be at my therapist's office every other right. week talking yeah. to her just about like the most mundane like superficial things because yes it's it's so helpful it's another perspective yeah and, and a- that's why anxiety like i say everyone might have it but it looks different for everybody yes, exactly so like the things that make me anxious don't make you anxious well and and your reactions are probably different as well exactly like i might have a panic attack you might get really angry or vice versa like and it shows up differently in everyone um i think another thing that's interesting to talk about lucy and i also did a full episode on body image um because we both played college soccer Mm -hmm. and so both of us our entire lives fitness was about performing at a certain level Mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with what i looked like it had nothing to do with my weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never paid attention to the scale when I was in high school or in college because I knew that I just needed to be fast and strong mm-hmm. to perform well in my sport. So I never thought about my body that much. And then I got out of college and suddenly I didn't, I didn't know how to work out. I, I was used to working out to play a division one sport mm-hmm. and I was used to working out to reach this extreme level And so I would push myself like that. Mm -hmm. And that didn't, that didn't really make sense because I'd be outside in the dead of heat trying to run like a six minute mile. And it's like, why, like for what, like you don't, you don't need this. And suddenly my perspective with exercise went from, yeah, it was an anxiety trigger. And it went from, it went from my entire life. I had to be fit so that I could perform but now I don't have to perform anymore. So why am I fit? Oh, it's, it's to maintain a certain look mm. and the amount of times, and I, and I still do it to this day and it's, and I know it's unhealthy, but the amount of times that I go look at myself in the mirror and the amount of times that I I'll go to Hotbox Right. And I am in the front row, right in front of the mirror. And I'm like, you're a badass. Like you look great. Like you, but because it's, I feel great. Right. Like I feel strong. I feel healthy. But then I come home and I take my clothes off to get in the shower. And I look at myself in the mirror at home and I'm like, what happened? Like right. 10 minutes ago, like you were so strong and, and all this, but it, it's a feeling. Right. And that's what we talked about on the body image issue or episode was, beauty and strength and all these things that should be a feeling yeah it, it should not be a look and and you should never be trying to achieve a certain look or a certain weight level or anything like that it should 100 be a feeling and it sounds like when you kind of re-entered back into fitness it was more about feeling healthy rather than feeling strong yeah rather than yeah. looking a certain way or having control over something like you can't control the body that you live in mm-hmm. like you can make it healthy absolutely but everybody's healthy, healthy looks different, exactly. you know, and, and Took that's right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's really important. And I think that's important for so many women to hear, because I think we all struggle with this. Well, everybody associates, well, not everybody, but it sounds like you associated your best self with achieving something with an end goal in sports. There's an end goal. It's like the prize, the win, the, the, you know, the most points, whatever. And for a bodybuilder, like that is a sport. Um, I don't, I don't know much about it, but I know that those people, like once the season's over, it's like, if you don't have a coach, like monitoring what you're doing, like you might just continue on doing the same thing. And it's like, for what, why, like, what are you doing it for? But if you're, if you're associating your fitness and your health with an end goal, that's why when you come home and you get, go to get in the shower, you're not doing the sport anymore. So you're like, oh, I don't. I'm not as good, but your best self is that feeling. And you can apply that to other things in your life, not just fitness. And if you apply fitness to those other things in your life, like I need to be my best self. So I need to listen to my body and the same person that was just kickboxing in that room, feeling empowered is that same empowered, strong individual getting into the shower. You're just Every athlete has to get into the shower at some point, but that's the thing too. No matter how fit you get or how strong you get or how healthy you get, you are always going to struggle with something or some things in your lifetime. It's just about getting more perspectives through therapy, through getting a a personal trainer, whatever, having those support system, the nutritionist, my mom, you know, like the more perspectives that you get, 
the more insight you have to how to handle those struggles. So I still struggle with body image for sure. I have days where I'm like, Ooh, my legs look really big today. Like, but do I let that take me over to the point where, okay, well, I'm not going to eat for three days. <laughs> like, no, because I know my legs are strong. My legs carry me throughout the day. They get me in and out of my car. They get me upstairs. Like I'm able to live my life. And then those stairs bring me to, you know, this cool party that I get to go to, you know, it's about living your life experiences and having, you know, your eyes open to what life is and that your body is able to do that for you. So, so I feel like everyone knows, again, we constantly talk about how we like thrived. I mean, I feel like we're thriving kind of, we should probably say that we're thriving more than we do. <laughs> Instead, we just talk about yes. how we're like dying in adulthood, but <laughs> there's um, everybody's talking, everyone's about, that. talking about that. Um, <laughs> but I do want to kind of talk about how your life altered when your inner self finally felt that light mm -hmm. and that weight was lifted and how that started to affect your relationships with your village. And by village, I don't mean like just your nutritionist and your therapist, mm -hmm. but I mean like the people that you isolated yourself from. Oh yeah. Because you're, the relationships that you have with people are at your best when you're at your best and they're at your worst when you're at your worst. And you mm -hmm. talked about how you pushed everybody away. You really just focused on yourself, which in itself is a, re a response to trauma. I mean, mm -hmm. to isolate yourself and mm -hmm. to decide I don't need anybody. I can only depend on me. I'm going to be in control of everything. That's you responding to something traumatic. And it mm -hmm. sounds like that's what going to school was or yeah. even from just, just the, the environment that you were in, mm -hmm. it just doesn't sound like that was a very healthy right. place. So how did, how did that narrative shift when you finally started to come into who you've always been meant to be? And how did your relationship start to blossom? How did you feel like your life kind of got back on the right track? Yeah. Um, my mental health improved a lot with my physical health improving. And with that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of toxic people in both industries, the music industry and the fitness industry. There's a lot of toxicity everywhere, but those two specifically are both male dominated. Right. And looking back, I'm like, why did I choose the male dominated, you know, and I am gay and I do have my masculine qualities and everything, but that doesn't mean you can't be a super feminine straight person and exactly be in these industries. Exactly. But, I was always, uh, Sydney can testify, like I was always at recess playing with the boys, playing right. football, you know, like, and I was always this tomboy. So it was, it was always going to be something that the boys did, you know, right. but like it, it wasn't like a, I want to be better than the boys. It's like, I just want to, I equality, like right. I want to do something, you know, and I want for women to realize that you can do upper body exercises just because like all, so many women come into my classes and say, I, I can't do pushups. My upper body is so weak. And I'm like, doesn't have to be like, <laughs> like, I love how you clenched your fist. You're like, guys, come on. It really doesn't have to be. It really doesn't. It doesn't. And, and it's not going to like the people are so concerned about being a bulky person, but like the women who are out there bulky, don't give a fuck what you think. Like right. they do not care that they are bulky, like, or they don't even consider themselves or their body type because they're, they're just like, I'm living my life, my best life. I, this lights me up to lift heavy things and they have to eat a certain amount. They have to eat a lot of food exactly. in order to have that kind of superhuman strength. But my point is, is, um, I think I lost my point, but no, I love a good ramble. <laughs> yes. I just think I went into it wanting to feel the best that I could like to feel. And that, that went with strength training for me, for me specifically. And for some people that's running, you know? Um, but it was therapeutic for me in the sense that everyone around me, I started wanting them to feel the way I felt. And I wanted that feeling to spread. So the feeling that you're talking about in my tribe that you're talking about, like it grew. And then I naturally just gravitated toward people who wanted the same things for themselves and for other people, you know? And had been through stuff. And what I found was there was so, there was a lot of worry from, from my parents specifically about me going into the fitness industry after having been addicted to exercise. Um, and I still have music friends in my life, the ones who aren't so toxic and two-faced or, or, you know, only in it for 
money or something like that. I still have plenty of friends who play music and do it for the music. And I have plenty of friends that I've made who do fitness for the fun of it and for the, the community around it or the way it makes you feel. But I just naturally started gravitating toward those kind of people because it was just giving me more life and they, I would give them more life. And that gives you more life. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I changed that person's day today by telling them just some encouraging words that worked for me. And it just naturally came out. And then that just grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And then you find your, your, your people, people, you know, but Hotbox is a great place for that because it's like, it doesn't matter who you are. You've probably been through something. You don't have to talk about it or open up about it if you don't want to, but you can Yeah. and know that you're in good company here. And like everybody goes through stuff. And the most important thing was that everyone that I met, was like, you had an eating disorder. I had an eating disorder too. I still struggle with that sometimes, but it's, it's, there's a lot of women in the fitness industry and men, but a lot of women who I didn't realize you went through an eating disorder. This is why I should be in the fitness industry. So I can talk to people about what I've been through so that you don't put yourself through the same thing. Right. And you go about fitness in a healthy way where you are doing it to live your best life, not to punish yourself or to have control over your body or to have control over something because everything else, but really nothing you can control. Like right. you can't even control your body. So I now look for balance. Like I eat cheeseburgers and cakes and things like ice cream is my favorite food on the planet and I eat it all the time, but I, I balance that with things that nourish my body too. So am I counting or tracking things? No, I am balanced and I don't punish myself anymore for eating a certain thing or not exercising for a few days if I've been feeling like I need to rest. Right. And there's so many women out there who have been through the same thing or similar things and have made it out. And I'm stronger than I was ever before the eating disorder. No, I, yeah. So. I mean, I think, I think every woman, whether they've seriously struggled with it or not has been, I mean, I, I remember a girl who I worked with and she works out at like five in the morning. And I was like, damn, I don't know how you do that. Like, I can't wake up that early. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, you know, I just, I like to have my workout done in case I, you know, like want to go have a drink or something after work. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, if I want to go have a drink or something after work, I'm just going to like skip my workout, you know, like yeah. it's fine. But I think so many women are like, if I have a drink after work, then I have to make sure that I have my workout too. Right. Because the drink equals calories and calories equal me not looking the way that I need to look. Yeah. And it's a struggle and it sucks because it it's, is. it's what we see all the time. It's what's been embedded in us. And it's what's, and, and Lucy and I have talked about this too. For some reason, society has decided that like the alpha female is not like the strongest or the smartest woman in the room. It's the prettiest woman. Mm. It's the prettiest woman who is is dressed the best, who looks insta-worthy, you know? Looks successful. Yeah, looks successful and, and says the right things and and acts the right way, like mm -hmm. within her boundaries. And that is that is who society has deemed the alpha female. And mm -hmm. so we're all competing with each other as women in an unhealthy way to look a certain way, to act a certain way, instead of just hyping each other up and saying, Hey, does that make you feel good? Good. Keep doing it. You know, like whatever makes you feel it's like that song. Um, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. It makes you yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We could go all day. <laughs> but I want to, I want to go back to, um, you mentioning having like more masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is like why I always like looked up to you in elementary school and middle school, because I also was such a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like until probably like fifth or sixth grade, I literally wore like boy clothes, like Same. basketball shorts, wore my like UNC basketball jersey everywhere I went. Didn't care about what I looked I like. I think I remember that. Yeah, it was like, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, everyone remembers that stage. I had like a Letterman, like a UNC Letterman. It was yeah. like a full thing. But I... One of, one of your recent Instagram posts, and it was the one that I re responded to, to mm -hmm. ask you to come talk to us, was you had talked about kind like kind of denying like your inner athlete yes because you knew you were gay mm -hmm. and you were afraid that that would associate you with being gay mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways I can relate to that I'm not gay mm -hmm. but I was such a tomboy and I I still have a lot of masculine energy to the point where when I'm with like super girly girls I feel like I'm like overpowering them like I feel like I don't know like I feel like I'm like hovering over them like I feel like so so like like I feel like a dude around them sometimes right, right? and like but I, I know that from my own experience, being a tomboy and being more masculine and playing sports, 
the things that people would say to me were so so rude Mm -hmm. and just like the assumptions they would make and so I can only like try to understand your experience with that like knowing actually like yes I am gay like shit now all these people are gonna like say things to me because people were saying that to me too like I used like MySpace messages people would say the meanest things to me I can imagine because I was a tomboy and my hair was short and I like to play sports and I can imagine because that's just how my space was it was a mean it was a mean place there was bulletins (laughs) it was me but I and I don't want to like I don't want to change the topic too much but that was that was something that was so inspiring for me in that post that you shared because I think that that is that's also like a part of your journey and also a part of like being who you are and like living like this this life that you truly want to live that makes you feel good right and it's like and so I I want to hear more about that and like when you kind of got over that hump of like dude I don't care what like the assumptions that people make like I am an athlete and I am strong and I do love fitness and so this is what I'm going to do in spite of what people are going to say yeah and I I actually made another post recently that kind of like piggybacks off of that one because that's the thing is is everybody kind of cares what other people think like some to a higher degree than others I personally am a people pleaser and I'm trying not to be but I've always been a people pleaser and it's hard hard to break that yeah it's so hard to break that and it's 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 hard to just not care what other people think right but that is the work that like I think you can't fix all these things and you shouldn't try to fix yourself necessarily it's it's more I'm working on being a better self for myself you know because if if I fill my own cup I can fill the other cups that I need to fill whether that's people or things or whatever but it it literally is you will go through so much if you are trying so hard to please people you will get so tired I got so tired trying to do that even when I got into fitness I was still trying to fucking please people on Instagram all the time. I was posting, I was like, am I doing the algorithm thing right? Am I posting the right thing? I'm, ooh, I can't say that because it'll trigger someone. But I literally just got on there and said, I'm probably going to trigger someone. <laughs> and I, there's nothing I can do about that. Right. All I can do is live by my values. And the, the people who live by the same values are going to just naturally be in your life. They're right. going to find their way you will lose people. That's the nature of life. And the older I get, it's, it's harder, but it doesn't have to be this doom and gloom thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to lose everyone and not have friends and blah, blah, blah. Like that's how some people choose to look at it, but you can either look at it that way or go, okay, life is just always going to be this process. And it's always going to be this journey and it can be really exciting and you're going to learn things and you're going to mess up and you're going to, but I had to finally go because I was so worried about coming out for the longest time, not about my parents, not about my family, about the people I grew up with, like in school on my space right. and their moms called me vicious. gay when I was younger. And I, my defense me- mechanism, cause I was still figuring it out was I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Cause I went to private school. I grew right. up in Franklin. I'm a white girl. Like I'm privileged. Like that. It, I wasn't ready to just come out and say I was gay because right. I didn't even know. And, but I knew deep down, I was always this tomboy and like, you know, like that's just who I am. And I like to do what boys do. And it just naturally worked out that way. I like to play guitar. I love attention. (laughs) I like to be on stage. Um, but I also liked knowing that I could pick up some really heavy weight or do a pull-up and not a lot of women can do a pull-up but I, I worked on it and I, I loved having that ability. Right. So being gay, like that looks different for everyone. And I'm not saying like, if you're more masculine, more tomboy that you are probably gay, but you're going to get that because people are still ignorant to what, you know, identity and gender is and that it's different and fluid for a lot of people. But you just got to own who you are because if you're constantly trying to prove someone right or wrong, like, no, I'm not gay. I'm I, here's why, like, let me explain it to you. Why do they deserve that? Like if, why did, why did they have to know anything about you? Why you're straight yeah, or exactly. why you're gay? You know, like it's your life and who, who matters is the people who respect you just living your life the way you want to live it. 
And it's so crazy because I think the image of a of a of women that support women in my mind is always like a very hyper feminine female that are like like I literally picture like sororities everywhere constantly. Mm-hmm. That's that's my image growing up of what I thought like, oh, you are like women supporting women. And it's not that way. It's so on brand for Athena, what you said, um, because we we want every woman to embrace the type of of woman that they are mm-hmm. and to embrace their identity and to know that regardless of what your appearance is on the outside, ultimately inside you're female. And that's literally the only thing that matters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be female and to go into experience the things that we experience as women, you have to be strong and brave to be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how you choose to have your outward appearance because the inward is all that you need. Absolutely. I know. I feel like this is a good segue for the question that we always ask. Wait, I don't want to ask you don't want to well, ask If yet. you think about when I was telling you that I was really thin and I was also the worst person ever. Hello. I was going after aesthetic goals to be like, have the right body, you know, and be the popular pretty girl. I was trying to like divorce parts of myself that I already was and working for that goal made me an awful person with no friends. Right. And then working for the goal of, I just need to do what's best for me and be okay and strong and healthy. That's when I started building a, a tribe of people. You mm-hmm. know, that's when I started getting friends because I was nice. Right. I was a nicer person. My mental health was better. Right. It was all connected. Well, so. and, and just like kind of back to what you were saying, Lucy, too, just like in embracing who you are as a woman and your definition of womanhood. I think that's another big thing for Athena is like embracing your definition of womanhood. It is not a cookie cutter thing. It is not a one size fits all thing. Right. And you can always change your mind. Right. You can always change your mind. And because you learned something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, yes. And even if it contradicts what you said yesterday, like you, you, you need to live your truth day by day. And someone's going to go, that contradicts what you said yesterday. And like, you can say, okay, okay great. Thanks. Like that I, was yesterday. <laughs> that was yesterday. I'm a different person today. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so important. And I think it, it was hard for me to understand that, especially coming out of college because my entire life I, I'd been around female athletes. I had been around what we, what do we call them? Lady bros, mm-hmm. right? Like just like girls who like didn't really give a fuck. Right. And like, Badass. you know, like just, you know, we don't like really care what we have for the on. record. I always thought you were super intimidatingly badass. Oh my God. I love that. I think it's wild that you thought the same about, about me. this for like ever now. Yeah. Sydney, <laughs> like this will be something that might get constantly brought up. Yeah. Like, remember when Savannah Hill told me that she thought I was intimidating? <laughs> no, but like, but seriously, like I, I would always grown up around female athletes. We didn't care what we wore. Like I went to college. I didn't even own jeans because on the weekends I was just hanging out with my soccer team. We're in sweats. Like we don't mm-hmm. care. And even in college, like still hanging out with my soccer team. And then I got out of college and I met a bunch of girls who were like, you know, much more feminine and knew how to do their makeup and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, am I even, am I even a woman? Like, <laughs> am I even one? Like, I don't yeah. even know. Like I, I'm like curling my hair. Yikes. Like burnt my forehead doing that a few oh, weeks ago. Like it's bad. not going to happen. So, but, but it doesn't matter. Like, yes, I am. And I'm proud of that. And I'm excited about that. But I'm also excited about it because like I can be a woman who one day like, yeah, I'm going to put some freaking heels on and like do my hair. And then the next day I'm literally wearing like my boyfriend's clothes. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm going to go out in public like that and be like completely fine with it and like own it because your definition of womanhood is correct. Mm -hmm. Everybody's individual definition of womanhood is correct. Yeah. You're always, you're always right. As long as you're living your full truth. And I, and I just, I want so badly for, for women to understand that and to hear that because it is so stressful and there's so much anxiety involved in trying to fit the mold. Mm -hmm. There's, it's, there's so much. And again, I can't speak for men because I'm not a man, but I just, I I feel like women have that pressure daily Mm -hmm. to, to fit their mold. And I think that everything you have said today, just further promotes the fact that like there is no mold no it's it's how you feel it's what you want and it's how you can better your person like your individual person so that you can be a better person for the people around you absolutely i have a great kindergarten metaphor for you people all right buckle up okay so did you guys when you were in school ever do were you like 
put paint on one side and then folded your paper in half yes. and opened it. And yep. there was no technique. That's what it's like to be a woman or it should be today. Just saying. You'd put your paint down. Literally put your paint yeah. down, fold it up, work yourself out, open that bad boy up or bad girl up, I should say. <laughs> bad goddess up. <laughs> and then it's beautiful. And guess what? It gets hung up in the hall. How about yeah. that? Yeah. So. And, and you know, like the women who are what, what we have described as like the, the feminine, like they are the picture perfect. Like you can't help what you look like. And, and those women, if you want to do a corporate nine to five job and you want to get married when you're 23 and have children, lots of them and a white picket fence, go for it. Absolutely. If that is what you want, right. But ask yourself, is that what I want? Or is that what I am raised to believe that I want? Or is that what my friends over here in college have? And so maybe that's what I should have. Or I think I'm secretly gay, but no one can know because my entire livelihood right, right now does right. not agree with that. Like my smile is huge. It's really hard. So great, but like you, it's it's you're gonna be stuck trying to please other people always because there's less. It's comfortable, right? And living out of your comfort comfort zone is living to me. Or it's uncomfortable to be like if you're comfortable with pleasing people, you eventually will become uncomfortable. Yes, and then you're trapped in that discomfort. It's like exactly. wearing a shoe that's too small for you. And it's a lot. It's a lot of discomfort getting out of that right. too. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like, do you want to live in the discomfort of not truly being who you truly are? No, put on the shoe that fits, baby. Right. Lace it up, and you will find people once you become and or work on. Okay, I'm listening to my actual voice and who I actually am. And sometimes that's a process. Sometimes that took me years and I'm still in the process of it because like I said, I change my mind all the time about who I am, but it's because I'm learning all the time and I'm growing all the time. So who I am, you know, a year ago is not the same person I am now and that I have to be okay with that. Some days I have really bad days, but that doesn't mean, okay, everything is temporary you will find your way out of this. And right. it's because I've proven it to myself before. So if I could do it, then I can do it again. I love it. And that's every woman. Every woman can, has that capability. Every person on the planet has the capability to do that and evolve because you're a human being. That's what we do. And yeah, for like the tales of time. Okay. Yeah. Now can I ask her? I tried to ask okay. her. Okay. We always ask at the end of our, at the end of our interviews, what does it mean to you to be an Athena goddess? And I'm really excited to hear what you have to say because (laughs) you're just really on brand for what we're about. So I'm now going to ask, what is it to you? How would you describe an Athena goddess? I feel like I'm going to over answer (laughs) because I have so much to say, but over answer. I think an Athena goddess is a woman who is open to being who you truly are, but there's no like one size fits all. There's no definition. Your definition is your life and how you live it. And it's being brave and it's stepping out of your comfort zone and it's supporting other goddesses. We all are a goddess. Let's be real. We are all women. That's just all it takes. But society and the way the world has been shaped to make us feel about ourselves is really hard to break out of. And yes, there are some things we just have to do because we have to survive. We have to provide for our families and ourselves and all these things, but there are ways. There's always a way to do what makes you happy, do things that make you happy, find the people because the more that you are true to what feels right to you and trusting your gut, because anytime that I have not trusted my gut, I've always learned about it later and learned the hard way. But every time I've trusted my gut, it's usually hard. And it's, it's, it's knowing like your gut is scary and it sounds reckless or it sounds crazy, but you listen to your gut and it will lead you down all kinds of pathways. It's never going to be this like, oh, you're a goddess. You're perfect. You can stop now. The, the process in being a goddess is always going through life with, okay, challenge accepted. Like it's, it's hard. This sucks today. I don't want to do this today, but I'm going to make it through anyways. It's just always knowing that you will still be a goddess every single day, but doing your best one day looks different than doing your best another day. So just, just keep going. It's somebody who keeps going, who does not stop. Oh, 
even if I it means it. crawling. Stop. This this is the part where I always cry. <laughs> Does see there's no real definition of it it's just like a very loosely no there's there but in everybody but that's what it's like to be a woman to me. yeah no and everyone's answer is different and that's why that's why it's so awesome and that's why i love it and so glad that you came here today yeah me too i'm so is, freaking glad it's been awesome and really good for my soul so thank you guys and now we get to do our closeout yes yes we've we've prepped her We've prepped her. She's ready. She knows what she's going to, she knows yeah. what she's going to say. Yeah, she's ready. So, so on that note, OGs. Oh, OGs. Oh, We're out.